Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's oh, a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello everyone and welcome to this special bonus episode of Under the Floodlights. My name's Darren Scott. I'm here with Bailey Hutchinson and Christopher Ringland. Guys, busy week. Um, I've had a brilliant week. I've had a fantastic week. Uh, PR-wise, West Ham are on top of the world. And you aren't. <laughs> it's also been, I would say... The best 48 hours in the history of the internet. This has <laughs> taken over. It has given, ev- like, everyone's talking about this. People who don't even care about football are getting the notifications on their phones. Yes. From newspapers that don't actually read. Like, I'm getting notifications from the Independent letting me know that 12 clubs are breaking away to form a Super League. It's been fantastic. So the reason we're doing this bonus episode is because so much has happened. We'll get into, we've said this before, football clubs need to stop sacking managers before we hit record. That's something that all clubs need to take going forward. Um, But it's been, as you said, a really weird sort of two, three, four days for us. So much has happened and yet we've ended up literally back where we were last week. (laughs) Like nothing has changed, but everything has changed. Um, So... As you guys alluded to there, there was talk, news broke on Sunday night uh, about 12 clubs, six, the, the quote-unquote big six in England, um, signing up to... Yeah, my, yeah, we, we, we'll, we need to, like, we'll I, I'm that. just going to call it now, we need to stop with the big six, but the six, yeah. The, the, yeah. Big, the, <laughs> the traditional big six announced they have plans to move away to a European Super League. We covered this a little bit on the main pod this week. Um, since we've recorded that, uh, the European Super League... Um, well, the wheels fell off um, quite quickly. Uh, I think Chelsea were the first team to pull out, then Manchester City, and then all four of the other clubs um, announced they were pulling out at 5 to 11 on Tuesday night. Um, Manchester United last to put their statement out by one minute. Um, <laughs> a huge win for football. Uh, uh, yes, because I, the stuff I was reading about it, especially from like mugs like Florentino Perez that run Real Madrid who have cemented themselves in my mind as they already were but now they're definitely the worst club in in the world um (laughs) they were going to to save football and they were going to uh get through this pandemic through all this and they were preparing for a big backlash but they thought they could ride through it because they were in sure legal footing sure legal footing means nothing in the world of twitter so uh, yeah don't think Perez Perez doesn't realise the impact of Monday night football in this country (laughs) to the point where Sky Sports put a live stream of Monday night football out for free on YouTube but well and this is the thing so it was fine it was fine for the first half hour because you could get Gary and Jamie arguing and then Sky Sports obviously have to rein it in a bit and go by the way if you want to watch the actual game of football here pay us but it was (laughs) oh is that what happened 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Chris, come on here. But uh, it was it was fantastic. Sunday, like this thing started badly because Sunday night we were all told there's going to be an announcement. Clubs are all going to come up with statements. I think it was half eleven before we actually got them. So I think timing wise, already they were on the back foot. Half eleven's not a great time for anything to come out, especially if you want to be transparent and be on the side of the fans. And <laughs> like the, the Twitter account for that took a hammering and I'm actually real I was disappointed in myself I'd actually on Sunday afternoon after the news broke I tried myself to set up a Twitter handle called European Super League <laughs> because I knew they would have to set one up and I wanted to sell it <laughs> if they came if they came asking unfortunately every every like kind of account name I could come up with was too long I, I was trying European Super League. That was more than the 12 characters they allow. They ended up settling Brilliant. on ESL comms, which, again, wasn't a fan of. And that that alone told me from their Twitter account name that this wasn't going to last. It was a weird one in that um, there was such negative reaction from pretty much everyone. And this is kind <laughs> of what confused me because they must have known whenever they put this forward you know, these meetings all have clearly been going on for months behind closed doors with a very exclusive group of people. The only reason you don't tell anybody else outside of that is because you know what they're going to say and you know they're going to say yep. no. Um, for them to push it, they must have known that the backlash was going to be immense. And I was almost surprised that it died of death after just two days because they've been planning this for months. How did they not think the reaction was going to be strong? And as soon as the reaction was was as negative as it was. They just completely hit the brakes on it and just said, no, we're out, we don't like this. Hmm. It just se- it, it seems so... Like, people were talking about it. You know, is it a bargaining chip to try and get more out of UEFA and different things? I don't think so, because I don't think the bargaining chip would be worth the amount of backlash that they got. But no. equally, I don't think you would have put all that work into something to really give up on it after two days. It just seemed... It seemed like such a bold thing to do to then 180 on it so quickly, I actually thought it was pretty surprising. Uh, yeah, I don't think that... I, I think that they probably thought that they might, might have cancelled it even before, but not that quickly. And one person I'm really, really not a fan of after all this is your owner, Darren. Like, I don't know if you've seen this. Really. <laughs> He's done this video and everything. I, like, yeah. Carragher put, put it really well on, um, the, you know, the, on Money Out Football. He was like, the reason they bought Liverpool 10 years ago, whatever, uh, is because they had won the league 19 times and they won the Champions League, all those, you know, because they, they have the history and, you know, and they've got all the fan base and everything. And- I thought the apology was great. I love that we're in this era of <laughs> YouTube apologies. Yeah, the way Henry done this, like yeah. he, he sat down, kind of normal, everyday working man's clothes with his gilet and his <laughs> plaid top in front. You know, and then if, imagine if he had turned the camera around, you'd see one of his Bentleys or something, a stunning wife, you know. <laughs> and the guy sat there as though he's Logan Paul. It was hilarious. It, it was so American. The only thing he didn't do was the notes app apology, where obviously you go on the, your notes app on your phone because Twitter doesn't allow you enough characters. And then you take a screenshot <laughs> of that and then you post that to Twitter. He didn't do that, which I was disappointed yeah. at. And, and I do actually want to talk a little bit about statements and what every club has done. Um, it was a weird one for me personally. Um, as anyone who listen, who's listening to this now probably knows I, I am a Liverpool fan. Um, 
I was really disappointed when I heard this news come out. Whenever Chelsea and Manchester City pulled out, you kind of knew it was all going to fall apart and it was just waiting for that message to come through. The initial statement that Liverpool put out on their website at 11 o'clock on Tuesday night was an absolute disgrace. It was about three Mm. lines long. (laughs) It had no words of any sort of meaning in them other than we're withdrawing from this. So I kind of expected at that point there better be something coming out today. Um, And that did happen. Obviously, John Henry did post that um, video. And, you know, that was a weird one. He said all the right things. The tone came across apologetic. It's everything we wanted it to be. Where it completely falls flat on its face is that he says in the video, obviously, this plan was never going to go through without the backing of fans. Yeah, And that's a nonsense. (laughs) Because if that was the case... You're working at Liverpool Football Club. You could have a conversation with Jurgen Klopp. You could have a conversation with the players. You could have a conversation with Kenny Dalglish. You could have a conversation with any of the number of supporter groups, Spirit of Shankly, any yeah. of the media outlets around Liverpool. There are so many people you could have discussed this with before launching the proposal. And you didn't. Yeah. Which means, A, you knew what they were going to say. And B, it had nothing to do with the fans. So it just throws the whole apology then. Like, it's just empty words. But- that that's where they got it like massively wrong is that the fans are obviously the most important thing to do with any football club then the next most important thing are the managers and the players and the yeah. fact that all managers and all players weren't told thomas tuchel jürgen klopp on monday were thrown to the wolves within the media uh, i think if you watch the chelsea and liverpool games of the past two nights both teams just looked mentally definitely affected Definitely. So they weren't like those those players weren't in it because in their heads I think as much as those guys love their clubs, I think the threats that were going through of oh you won't play for England at the Euros yeah. this year, you'll never mm-hmm. play in the Premier League again. And these are guys that have worked their entire lives where maybe like some of them will be at their first major competition here, some will be at their last, you know, they're all different stages. And at the end of the day, if those 11 guys don't go out, if those 23 guys don't go out training every day, you don't have anything. Like, mm. you're bait here. You, you've nothing. You, you don't have the product that you're selling. Because, and that was, those threats yeah. were, were empty threats, let's be honest, because there was no way UEFA were going to let a Euros go ahead this summer with a Kevin De Bruyne, mm. Lukaku and co, you know. <laughs> That's right. The, like, the, the worst the worst part of it for the fans of those six teams and the other teams in the other countries, uh, from my perspective, is supporting a club that was not involved and was heartily talked about in glowing terms in many people's things of like, oh, well, you know, Leicester and West Ham would be competing for the league, which was, which was great. Um, <laughs> you know, the, like, the way I feel bad for the fans of those clubs is that regardless of this has not gone ahead, they tried and it'll forever be tainted because they did try. Like, people won't forget that. You know, there will yeah. be the banners, there will be the songs, there will be the, you know, all, like, that will happen when the fans come back. Yeah. We obviously don't know any of the details. Um, I know some of the other pundits did talk about this. In terms of, you know, who really instigated this, there was rumours that it was probably those of American ownership, Liverpool and United, that pushed it more, because it did seem like, from, you know, a Man City perspective, from a Chelsea perspective, that, it didn't really make a huge amount of sense for them to push it other than once the wheels were in motion, they then couldn't get left behind. 
And yeah, that was the chat with them in particular, apparently. Yeah. You know, once because once the other clubs decided, okay, we're doing this, then the rest of them had to. And talking about statements, Arsenal put out, I think, by far the best statement out of anyone last oh, night. Massively. Um, and again, there, potentially it could be empty words, but at least it hit the tone and compassion and they got somebody with common sense and a brain to write it and at least hit all of the main points. But whether it was a sincere league with the intention of improving the product or whether it was just uh, here's a way we can inflate the price of the clubs and then sell them in five years and triple our money or whatever. Um, yeah, it just didn't look good. Well, sure. I, I was loving the nonsense that fella Perez was coming off with. Yeah. Some of his some of his lines about 16 <laughs> to 24 year olds don't care about football anymore. Yeah, what was that about? Yeah, he, I didn't get because, that. Because we're all on TikTok and we only care about six minute halves and FIFA Ultimate Team, apparently, is whatever. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. Survey, okay. Whatever survey right. he got. Uh, anyone older than that is a legacy fan, which I'm not sure. Like, I, I didn't get that terminology at all. Right. Like, who, who, what do you mean by le- Like, am I technically a legacy fan? Because I've always supported Chelsea, go to games. Am I one of those or am I in that 16 to 24 year old TikTok crowd he's trying to get? Hmm. It was just hilarious. And I think whoever the Scudamore Richard Masters is of La Liga said today that he's not a good chairman. He's a great construction worker or something or great construction manager. I think that's where he's made his money or something in the past, Perez. Right, okay. I mean, those two, it, it's the Real and the Barca that are really in the shit because yeah. of this. I mean, yeah, we've yes. talked in the past, we've joked about the amount of debt that Barca are in and here all of a sudden you have this yeah. carrot dangled in front of you that says, you know, 350 million signing bonus yeah. from, you know, fronted up by JP Morgan. Then you're going to get the, the broadcasting rights coming in from America and the Middle East mm. and all these things and these clubs who are in hundreds of millions of pounds of debt are probably rubbing their hands together like can't believe their luck to a certain extent and now once the english teams pulled out it was always going to fall apart because they're the commercially the the, the, the yeah, biggest exactly. portion of it um but it was barca real yeah barca real need need to get away from the barca versus ibar games that no one's watching that's what <laughs> this was all about that, that, to try I, like, and give them bigger fixtures this is why they've always irritated me um those two in particular uh, and it's just the Absolute epitome of it, um, this whole farce. And, and we were, Bailey and I were having to have, there was that 24 hour period where everyone was left in such unknowns because you didn't know the details, you didn't yep. know whether it was going to go ahead or not go ahead. I mean, Bailey and I were left here wondering what team we we're going to support. If these clubs <laughs> yep. leave, there was chat of second clubs and, there, and all sorts. There was of chat stuff, of second yeah. clubs. I was wondering. I was trying to put the feelers out for for any Manchester United fans to let me know who they were going to support, so I could support <laughs> that team's rival and we could keep that hatred going. Mm-hmm. I was, was going down the road to Fulham because I know the area. I, I said this to my dad. I, I know a train stop I'd get off at. Like I, I, I don't want to change. I don't want to change that. I know I get in the Gatwick, get the Gatwick Express, get down, get off at Earl's Court, go for a dander. <laughs> Like I knew, knew the area. I'd, I'd talk my... about the, the athletic survey that came out last week and how all quantifiable metrics were suggesting that Brighton was the team to support after this. The feel-good factor was there. I was perhaps going to move to become a Brighton and Hove Albion fan. <laughs> well, it's all about now trying to... Who's taking credit for this win? Because mm. history's written by the winners, boys. And... <laughs> I'll tell you now, I'm already, like, I can't wait to get to the pub to tell everyone about how, the day Petr Cech saved football. Uh, Petr Cech, Pe- came... Petr Cech was just uh, uh, trying to get the bus through. No, no, Petr Cech came down, said, I'll sort it out 20 minutes later. Dan Rowan breaks the news, Chelsea are out. 
telling you, big peak. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone could jump on that trend. Jurgen Klopp said in a press conference, I'll sort it out. <laughs> well, this is the thing, because everyone now has the trend. Like, everyone's going to take their share of the victory mm-hmm. because the the stories from Man United have come out of thought that I think many players have been named as ones who have stood up the Woodward. I think Maguire was put out there. Luke Shaw. What a season for Luke yeah, Shaw, yeah. if that's the case. <laughs> so it is, you know... Wait, so sorry, what, what do you mean? As in he resigned, he resigned because of, of the players? Is that what you mean? Apparently, there was a Zoom call meeting where he was explaining all of this, and Maguire, Luke Shaw, and I think Fernandez maybe. His name popped up on one or two tweets. Apparently, they like led the backlash amongst the players, being like, this is absolutely ridiculous that you've signed up to this, not told us, and... A, like we want out like mm-hmm. this is an absolute disgrace obviously it wasn't in but those are the two players that apparently did voice their opinions right and let them know we're not having this so good on them and then uh carter and neville straight after the chelsea Gary, brighton game like... last night yeah they're they're taking their share today if the credit for breaking this down I, I also seen last night boris johnson's taking his share and i suppose <laughs> listen the other big winner out of all of this is social media because social media has had an absolute field day wolverhampton wanderers we've talked before about the the, uh the social media teams the placement students at football clubs uh, and Mm -hmm. what they can offer to the club in terms of you know getting the clicks and whatever wolves on social media this week obviously changed their their bio to premier league winners the year they came seventh um and also bigger than that put together a tiktok compilation of um players from quote-unquote big six clubs getting nutmegged and things by wolves players and um, <laughs> with the <laughs> with the so it was the caption we will miss you all and it was you know the line in that vanessa carlton a thousand miles song where it goes da-da-da-da-da-da and I miss you. Da, 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 da. That every time, uh, like Kevin De Bruyne would get nutmeg by Pudence. So it's been a big week, <laughs> big week for Wolves TikTok. Yeah, but big week for the quotas all around. Like everyone's social media teams are doing wonders. Heineken's today. I think they put one out saying, "Don't drink and start your own Super League." Uh, uh, football managers, uh, the game put up a like a gif of that dog with the the house on fire around him saying. Us, the makers of a football simulation game this morning. I did feel terrible for that lot, to be honest. They woke I up Monday morning do. thinking that this entire thing has to be rewritten. All this code <laughs> we've done for however many months now is out the window. <laughs> I bet like, there's a sigh of relief in that office today. And, and to draw this day close, there's obviously going to be more comes out about this as the next couple of days, and we'll probably still cover that in in next week's episode. But Bailey, I know you talked about this a lot in in the episode that we've we've just released this week about how people are romanticising UEFA and the Prem and and painting these guys to be good guys, which we all know that they're not. But they've kind of come out pretty well in this situation. Another announcement that did come out this week is the new Champions League format that UEFA have put forward. Um, now, for, just to bring people very quickly up to speed, the proposal, I think, is coming in in 2024 and will run until yep. 2033 uh, at, the, at a minimum. Um, currently, there's 32 teams in the Champions League. That's being up to 36. And they're doing away with the four-team group stages. Um, now it's one massive league in which everyone plays 10 matches. You play five at home and five away, not necessarily against the same teams. 
So UEFA say this gives the opportunity for clubs to test themselves against a wider range of opponents. It also raises the prospect of fans seeing the top teams go head-to-head more often earlier in the competition. The new format should also mean that there is more to play for right up until the final night of league action. Um, So the way it's going to work is from this league structure, the top eight teams automatically advance to the last 16. And then those from 9th to 24th go into a two-legged playoff <laughs> round. 24th? Yes, so 9 to 24. rewarded for coming 24th. 9 to 24 go into a two-legged playoff round. Now, 9th to 16th will be seeded. So, basically, you know, anyone in 9th to 16th will play somebody lower than that. Uh, and the seeded teams will have home field advantage in the second leg. Um, once they make it through the two-legged playoff, then they move on to the last 16, and then it reverts to the same system that we know now. The Europa League will also be doing something similar. Now, oh, what that goodness. does mean well, is that to win the tournament now, you have to play 17 games, 19 if you're in that playoff group, compared to the 13 that you would have to play currently. Um, and obviously some of that is like the last game in the group stage where you may already be through and whatever. Um, so there's going to be more football. Uh, can we have the Super League back? <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, is, I mean, this is like just like a drunk bar idea of just <laughs> sitting around going, you know what we need? Four more teams. And you know what we're going to do with them? We're going to put them all in one massive table. So we are. <laughs> oh my word. I mean, it's. I, I don't there, understand how you can play... So there's going to be 36 teams, but you play 10 matches. So how how are they even going to work <laughs> like, it that like everyone <laughs> plays a fair level of opponent? Mm-hmm. Like it may, it just doesn't yeah. really. Make, I'm not a fan yeah. of it. And the, if you're wondering so how the, the four new teams are going to be awarded, um, it's all to do with Limited. their coefficients. Uh, so the, one one place will be awarded to a club from the country placed fifth in UEFA's National Association coefficient ranking. Uh, the second fifth? spot will go to uh, a domestic league champion with the highest coefficient among the domestic champions that haven't automatically qualified. And then there's a couple of other spaces for clubs of highest club coefficient who haven't qualified. So that is like, oh, if Liverpool have finished sixth in the Premier League, there you go, you're into the Champions League on coefficient. Yeah. It's right. nonsense. Okay, first of all, the coefficients are garbage for a start. The reasons that you outlined for why they are doing this are the reasons why the current system is the way it is, such as the t- smaller teams have a chance to play the bigger teams, which is why the group stage is seeded. And then following on from that, they have the massive head-to-head two-legged games, which are more meaningful than early on in the competition because you only have to come 24th to go through. Because <laughs> that, that's the thing, as a Chelsea fan, I'm looking at it being like, it doesn't matter how bad we are in it. Like, there's going to be 12 worse teams than us in it. Like, there has to be. There's going to be the, the Kievs of the world in this. Yeah, there's the Kazakhstan team, and there's the Cyprus team, and there's, <laughs> you know, the, the second Turkish team. Like, that, that's my question, because you have no guarantee to play those teams. Like, the the Kievs and whatever could be in there, but Chelsea could play Bayern, Real, Barca, PSG, you know, and, and lose, like, hypothetically lose all of those. And like it's a, it, I don't I don't get it. And obviously, more matches are means more midweek football. Um, so you're going to play ten games as a minimum. I don't know whether that will extend the the length of the competition or or how they're going to work it. They haven't announced 
um, how it's going to structure date-wise and how it's going to fit into the season. Um, they've got a couple of years to work that out, they say. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't like the look of that. And nah. the, the Crystal Palace owner was on Monday Night Football also explaining oh, right, he's good. He's good. the revenue... Um, so 30% of the Champions League revenue will still go to clubs, I think, based on coefficients and previous performance as well. So again, hypothetically, Leicester and West Ham could go into the Champions League. Liverpool and Chelsea could miss out and Liverpool and Chelsea would still get some of the money from it, um, yeah. which again seems a bit unfair. So um, that also came out this week in the middle of all the confusion. I enjoyed actually, whenever, just to finish up on the Super League, there was a gentleman on, I think it was Sky Italy, and he was breaking down the teams in it. And he, it was unfortunate the way the graphic was placed because they were at the end of the list. But he kind of pointed up towards the screen and said, and all of these big clubs will be joining the Super League and then pointed down and went, and Tottenham Hotspur. Which I think done that dirty. Like, it, it was just the way, I, I don't think he meant to do it, but it was just the way the clubs were lined up that they were at the end of the list and he had to go, and Tottenham. <laughs> well, and that, that segues very nicely into the last thing that we're going to cover in this bonus episode. Um, I don't know whether Daniel Levy just thought I'll sneak this in here while everyone's talking about the Super League and nobody will notice or what the plan was. But obviously the news also came out on Monday morning that Jose Mourinho has been sacked by Tottenham Hotspur as, as manager. Uh, a very yeah. sad day for all. There, there is, there's no way that there's not more to this. I mean, like, it was a week off the League Cup final. Like, he, he won't have paid £30 million or whatever to not have... Jose winning the League Cup and then them him having the supporters back on side against Levy or something yeah. and not second. You know, there, there there has to be more there than that. Would you like a scoop? Yeah, I, I might have a scoop. Uh, you both have a scoop. I received, yeah, I received leaked audio of Jimmy Redknapp. Is this what you're thinking, Darren? Of Jimmy Redknapp speaking what? on the sacking, apparently, according to Jimmy Redknapp, if if it is him and not like so some voice. What, what context is he speaking in in this leaked audio? So this seemed to be like from, he was doing the coverage of the games tonight of uh, the, the Spurs-Southampton game. So it seems to be from then and he talks in and about, the, the payout basically depended on where Tottenham were in the league when Mourinho was sacked. So if he was top four, it would be 30 million. If he was fifth, it would be X amount. If it was sixth, it would be a certain amount. And where he they sacked the man, apparently the payout is between four and five million. And Jamie uh, finished this uh, leaked message by saying fucking clowns at Spurs. <laughs> so, so if you want to go on that, that's the that's the reason. But there is another um, reason that had been floated around was that um, apparently Jose and Daniel Levy, Jose had planned to rest players in the midweek game against Southampton so that he would have. Uh, as fit a squad as possible and, and in the best condition right. to play in the cup final on Sunday. Uh, Daniel Levy was less keen on that um, because obviously he values the Premier League because where you finish in that determines money and European spots and blah, 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 mm. blah. Um, there was also some suggestion that Jose Mourinho was brought into Tottenham Hotspur to win trophies. That's something Tottenham hadn't done in a long time. And obviously... The consensus around Tottenham was that he wouldn't be there next year. Um, they were potentially going to let him go in the summer. Uh, and there was, there was some suggestion floating around that if Jose won the League Cup, he would have, in theory, delivered on what he was brought in to do. And therefore, if he was sacked, would have grounds to sue for unfair dismissal. 
which would then potentially cost Spurs a lot more in legal proceedings or settlements or whatever um, because they've sacked a man after he achieved what he was brought in to do. So there was some suggestion that Levy did not want to risk letting him have the cup final in case he maybe won it. Um, <laughs> which is also a wild, like uh, to be a football chairman and to be like, stuff like that is madness. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, some people are saying, "Oh, well, you know, did he, did he refuse to go out and train? You know, bring the players out and train after hearing Super League stuff and you know all this kind of thing." And like, I mean, who who knows? It's just that there's definitely more to it. It's a ridiculous timing, you know. And like, regardless of all the financial stuff, like, I mean, if they now don't go and win the League Cup, well, brilliant. Like, what, what, what good is it, you know? Well, good luck to Ryan Mason. That's being thrown in at the deep end. Mm. I'm, I'm thrilled, like, to be fair, uh, I'm thrilled for Ryan Mason as someone who watched the game where he obviously went off. Yeah. Career end, it's absolutely fantastic uh, yeah. for him that he's got this sure. opportunity at 29. Like, he's only beginning, he's younger than a lot of the players. I think <laughs> it's fantastic say. for him. Like, it's a massive win for him. That's a massive win for us as football fans. Because we now get happy Jose again. Mm. Instagram rock star Jose. He'll be doing the Sky Sports rounds again. I can't wait. Honestly, box yeah. office. So he is. Yeah. Absolute box office. Even yesterday. The guy has gurned about modern football and how everyone's constantly on their phones. The guy yesterday was posting photos of him at Real Madrid celebrating trophies. <laughs> and you're going, it, it's breakup stuff like yeah, of just... It's... Next day, him out with, like, look at me with an ex who was even hotter than you, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, was it, I put the question to you guys. Jose's now, he's now done Chelsea a couple of times, he's done United, he's gone, he's done Tottenham. Where do you see him going next? Has he got another job in England? Where would you like to see him go? Unless he's willing to do an Ancelotti, I don't see how there's another another job in, in England. Because yeah. it, it, it seems to be that's why he took so long to go to somewhere like Spurs was for that reason because I think there was chat about Lille at one stage and there was chat about mm. Napoli and you know these kinds of clubs and he, he didn't take them. He's in a strange position now because he's done big clubs in England. He can't do he can't do a fourth. And he's in a position where he can't really go back to any of the three he's been at. Germany doesn't really in my mind work. I can't see like Bayern and Dortmund aren't clubs for him. Dortmund's a selling club as well, so that definitely doesn't work. And Bayern's CEO talks too much, so that definitely <laughs> doesn't work. He's done Real Madrid, so there's nowhere in Spain from the go. The only real options now are another stint in Italy that he because he loved it at Inter, but it depends who's still at the clubs in Italy. Mm-hmm. Conte's doing all right at uh, Inter. I can't see him. I can't see Juve taking him. No. To be honest, well, other, be than that, Andrea Perlo. Mm, other than that, it's the it's the national job that he's always that he well, said was, he would I, do last. I was going to say that. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. I mean, Portugal have a bad world, a bad uh, Euros, and that you know that could be vacant, but or the guy's been there quite a while. But you know, I think he says always wanted to do that, but he's he's still only, well only fifty eight. So I mean, he's yeah. still got a good few years at club level if he wants it. I I, I assume. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. Like, he's one of these, he loves the game. Like, he's one of these Warnock types. I just imagine like, he, he'll be at home today raging that he's had to sit with the <laughs> wife and kids and speak to them. Well, the, it's one of the, the press guys who was around him when he was packing up his, his car. Um, 
said to me, "Will will you take another job in football? Will you? When will you be coming back into football?" And he just responded saying, "I'm always in football." So yep. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just <laughs> I like all, all time Jose quote. Love that. Yeah, so. for me, listen, I don't think he is going to to this club. Where I would like to see him go, and this is a stretch, and I and I get that, but um. I'd like to see, and again, it wouldn't. There would have to be the club would have to be sold first before it would make sense. I honestly would quite like to see him go to Newcastle if Newcastle could get their structure in place. Obviously, like it's a great stadium, fans love it. Probably could play as defensive football, and there wouldn't be as much hatred about it like there was at Manchester United. If they like fixed all of their organisational stuff and Ashley was out and they could put a bit of money into it and get Newcastle back to where they really but, should be as a club, I, I'd love yeah. to see him there. Yeah. There, there's, yeah. there's one big appeal I could see for Newcastle for him, and that's the reputation of Rafa Benitez. Like that, that's one of Jose. He's up there with Wenger and Guardiola for Jose's great rivals. And obviously, the, yeah. the relationship Rafa built up and the reputation Rafa had at his time in Newcastle of you know having trouble with the board but sticking it out and keeping them up and playing like getting good results. I think Jose's ego would be through the roof if he could go up there and I see Rafa. <laughs> so, <laughs> and for me, I got well, to like, the other club in England. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, I, I almost feel a little bit bad for Newcastle fans at times. Like I think they've had a rough ride, given so it's just a wee bit. Yeah, and like every you know everything about the club's really. You can get tickets. I think is it the cheapest ticket you can get in the Premier League and stuff as well, which is probably uh, yeah. I, I think so. They would be somebody I'd be happy to see if he could go there and and get them back up the league again. I think that would be um, a nice place. But we'll we'll see. Obviously, it could be. It could be a few months or it could be a year yeah. or, or whatever. We don't know what will happen. Um, but listen, we, we've gone on for a lot longer than we planned to tonight. Um, oh, we have? Oh, we have, yeah. But, uh, I mean, thank you both for doing this. Obviously, giving up another another night of your week. Myself, another night of my week. Um, because football's done this well, to us. We've won. We've saved it. And we have to take our credit for that. Exactly, boys. Pat in the back. Yeah, well done. Well done all. Well done all. <laughs> so as, as us and Leicester ride into the sunset of the Champions League next season, we'll say bye-bye. <laughs> we'll be back next Wednesday with our usually scheduled episode. <laughs>